One of the most important things on a daily basis for me is to continue to take right action because like if I'm doing the right thing, I know the next right thing is going to present itself in consecutive order. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly Tennant. Welcome to The Platform Podcast, where we get real so you can be well. Each week, I'll be sitting down with the leading voices in health, wellness, women's empowerment, and entrepreneurship. My guests use conversations to bring about social change and elevate consciousness. And they're here to educate you on the latest healing remedies, ancient wisdom, and alternatives to the traditional path. I've personally curated the platform so we can grow, be vulnerable, and authentically connect. Do you ever meet someone and you look into their eyes and you know, whoa, this is a special human? Well, this is exactly how I felt when I met today's guest. Carolina Parnell is this magical unicorn who seems to float through the world with this deeply calming yet energetic spirit. She's the creator and designer of the jewelry line Starry Crown with a pop-up currently on Abbott Kinney here in Venice. In this episode, she opens up in a way I did not expect, discussing her experience with alcohol, drugs, her 12-step program, and the spiritual awakening that completely altered her path. We get into the depths of her journey and you will be so inspired by her story. To connect with Carolina, follow Starry Crown on Instagram and make sure you visit her pop-up available through the end of 2018. Carolina, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for asking me. I'm so excited. This is the first time we're having like a long conversation. We just met a few weeks ago. So I'm really excited to learn more about you. I met you, I was renting your space that Mm -hmm. is so amazing. It is like this bohemian paradise that you (laughs) rent out for people to use. Where where did this idea come from? How did you get so good at creating such a beautiful space? So it's totally a love nest. Uh, My boyfriend and I moved in together and we were both moving to this new loft together Mm -hmm. and we're both very creative. And so he's more of a dreamer. I'm more of a manifester. Like he'll come up with an idea, I'll make it into reality. And the two of us together just came up with this space because we're working from home. I'm a jewelry designer, so working from home, creating jewelry, and he's writing for his you know, scripts and TV and all this stuff. So we wanted a beautiful space to work in, something that would just make us feel comfortable and peaceful and lots of plants you know, with good air and all of that. And, and then every single thing in there is literally one of a kind. Mm. It's either an heirloom from one of our families or it's a rug from Turkey or it's a thing from the flea markets around here. LA is such an incredible place. There's no excuse to like, unless you're not interested, you know? So the interest was there. So we like put in the time. It took us quite a little bit of time. So I know you design jewelry. Have you designed other spaces besides this one? Yeah, so I have a space on Abbott Kinney. Okay. It's like a 10 by 10 gallery room that uh, it was like a pop-up last year. I had about a week of like advanced notice that I was going to be able to do it. So we were month to month last year and it was going really well, but the space was just like dark purple and really dark. All the windows were blocked and terrible flooring and just 
I made do with like a lot of faux fur and like, you know, from my space. Yeah. Girl plants. loves her some faux fur. I'm all about the white <laughs> faux fur. And, um, and, but then when we decided to take 2018, I was like, you know, I'm going to take these slow months and just renovate. So I took two months and I completely renovated the space. Mm-hmm. You can see my before and afters on my Instagram. Like, and, and that really fueled like the passion for design even more for me because I just decided I'm going to teach myself everything. I'm going to do it all myself. And it took longer, but I learned a lot in the process. So I'm really loving that experience. How long have you been designing jewelry? Since 2012. Wow. Yeah. That's it started out as just like a meditation. And then because of my fashion... Um, my career, I was uh, managing a really cool store in Delray Beach called Love Shack um, and buying for them. And just that inundation of that aesthetic, there's bohemian, beachy, bright, beautiful, tropical. I started making jewelry just with like things. I had broken jewelry and giving it to people. And, and then my um, boss was like, you could sell this. You could sell it in our store if you want. Nice. And then everything, you know, took off from there. What kind of pieces were you creating initially? So the very first piece that I made is kind of hilarious because (laughs) it was a bracelet from this amazing Israeli designer that was my my boss's, the store owner's Mm. bracelet. And it was on the floor of the store, brushed into a corner. It was something that she had dropped or fallen off and it was broken. It was disgusting, but the... The um, the like rhinestone piece was pristine still. Mm. So I was like, oh, she doesn't even know that I found it. I'm gonna like make it into something and surprise her. I just had some other beads from broken stuff and I put it all together. And, and really this necklace that I'm wearing here with like the vintage centerpieces is an antique centerpiece. Wow. Um, Swarovski through Albert Weiss, who's an American designer from like mid-century through the 80s. Oh my gosh. Um, I was making sort of like these 18 to 20 inch necklaces with a vintage or antique centerpiece as just the clear rhinestone or Aurora Borealis with like some geometrical pattern. Mm -hmm. This one just has watermelon tourmaline. So cool. Um, But I was using cool like other antique beads that I found at this cool um, wholesaler in Miami that my boss let me use her business license to like Love it. go and get it wholesale. <laughs> so I had, I had these cool opportunities, you know, mm-hmm. um, that were special because of my job. And I think it really helped me. She really helped me and encouraged me to like, you know, make it into something, make yeah. it into something. Yeah. I noticed um, when I was stalking your Instagram, because that's what I do, um, was it Yoga Girl Rachel Brayton Rachel yeah, yes. came in and grabbed one from you? Yeah, How so cool is that? That was a really fun thing that happened. So when I first moved here, Mike and I went to Nicaragua for just a trip together. It was mm. his birthday. And we stayed at Madeira's Village um, there in San Juan del Sur. And it's this cool boutique hotel by these kids from New York who just have great taste. And Mm -hmm. they built these casitas and a lot of yoga retreats go there. Beautiful yoga, outdoor, like indoor, outdoor studio space. Rachel was there filming. Oh, wow. With her little crew. And they were doing cool things because she has this um, nonprofit, like 901 or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Um, But she connected and part of my... um, 
whole thing going there. I was like, ooh, I could like reach out, maybe get into like their little shop that they have there in the mm-hmm. community space. And I ended up, they're so cool. They were like, yeah, we'll swap if you bring jewelry and do a pop-up and you can do it while you're here. And then if you leave whatever's left, whatever that value is, we'll dock it off your bill. So it was like this, like three free nights for a bunch of jewelry and a really cool pop-up I got. Rachel was obsessed. She got like a cool hair charm. I saw that was awesome. And yeah, she also got a goddess necklace that's like sandalwood with the shell tail and the feather that's uh, with the centerpiece. That's amazing. Yeah. Was that one of the first times where you realized like, oh, this could be something a lot bigger than I thought? Yeah. So, okay. So when I decided to move to LA from um, the store, Instagram was really instrumental in me building a presence Mm. with my brand. And it was very interesting and totally unexpected. Because of tagging, like, and stuff like that, this was like new, you know, it was 2013, Mm -hmm. 14. I started getting people from around the world asking if I do wholesale. So I started a wholesale account in Ibiza. I started a wholesale account in the south of France. Wow. And I started one in Santander, Spain, and one in London. And I just, I continue to get interest. And this year I'm building a team so that I can possibly continue to like expand out that way. But no, yeah, so it started out with that. That was very exciting to me and the money was coming in and it was starting to be a little bit profitable and not just this sort of self-funding passion project. Uh, It was like always breaking even. (laughs) So that started to shine a little light. And then I had an account in Beverly Hills, Kyle Bialin too, and um, the celebrity stylist went in and bought all the pieces that they had left there for Beyonce. Oh, stop. This was before I have chills because yes, that is so she's cool. the queen. Yep. And it was right before Coachella a couple of years ago, and she did this surprise thing where mm-hmm. she wasn't on the bill mm. like to be there, but she ended up going and doing this whole thing. And so everyone had to like sign NDAs, and I couldn't... like. You couldn't so, tell anyone that Beyonce was going to wear all no, of your stuff? Oh, that's no, painful. I was like telling friends. And the guy, my friend who worked at that store, um, who was the buyer, that's how I even got it there, like texted me. He's like, I'm not supposed to do this, but Beyonce, she might be wearing your stuff. Keep an eye out for all the photos, you know, from Coachella because, you know, you never know. But she didn't. She's famous for that. Oh. But um, I know she has like three pieces. So that was a huge shot in the arm for me. And that was actually right at the same time that I was feeling like I gotta like just take this Mm -hmm. to LA. Mm -hmm. Because I I know that here in this city, if you have a dream and you have the drive and it's like your destiny, Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen for you. You know, and I just, it was so, it was too easy for me to do all the things, everything just lined up Mm -hmm. and aligned. And it was just such a clear path for me that um, I knew it was the right decision to come out here and go full time and really dedicate time, years, Mm -hmm. four years, you know. Obviously you've learned how to follow your gut and know what's right and what's wrong. And when the universe makes something available to you, like you know to follow that. At what point in your life did that become something you were good at? 
I, being sort of the black sheep of my family, um, growing up in Virginia, very beautiful place to grow up, very safe, loving family, amazing. I was just this rebel mm-hmm. and just have this spirit of like, I want to be different. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to get into like real estate or banking or like some <laughs> sort of traditional job in Virginia, then it's just going to be tough. Yeah. You know? So at that time, now it's changing right. and stuff. But back then, I was a rebel and I ended up actually going to Virginia Tech for a couple years and just failing, mm-hmm. just failing at life. And I ended up in rehab for alcohol mostly and just like some drugs and stuff. And I was 20 years old and I ended up in rehab in South Florida. And I was luckily sort of put in a place of such jarring like reality that I took it really, really seriously Mm. through a 12-step program and therapy and you know, just getting a job and growing up, that intuition. And I had, you know, that spiritual awakening Mm -hmm. that the 12-step program's goal is to achieve. It happened for me. Wow. um, Continues to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, I started to form a relationship with my intuition. Mm. It became actually, it's one of the most important things on a daily basis for me is to continue to take right action because like if I'm doing the right thing, I know the next right thing is going to present itself in Mm. consecutive order. So just having that trust and the vigilance to do it the right way. It's interesting because in LA, a lot of people kind of cut corners and cheat Mm. and, you know, lie or do whatever they need to do. And I feel like it's taking me a little bit longer. That mixed with my kind of fear around hiring and getting help. I love being Letting the go one. of the control. Mm, I yeah, love I'm not doing good at it that all either. myself. <laughs> yeah. So like when you're good at a lot of things, yeah. you know. Um, you're like, I got this, I got this, yeah, I got this. I'll do it faster. Do I'm everything. better, I'm better, I'm better. <laughs> it's exhausting. So it's yeah. taking me a little bit longer because I'm like so um, vigilant about it being honest and good and mm-hmm. right and solid. And then I'm afraid to like... You know, but my goal through 2019 is to build a team. Yes. So I've set the intention. Good for you. Telling everybody about it. <laughs> That's my thing. I always put everything out there because yeah. I'm such a manifester, mm-hmm. but I only do it if I verbally tell people. That's yeah. the only way for me I feel it can happen because if I just think it or, you know, whatever, it, I have to speak it. Oh my gosh, it's so yeah. true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I and being with my, my guy, um, who is such an outward, just puts it all out there kind mm-hmm. of guy, confrontational in a great way, mm-hmm. kind of guy. I come from a very polite family mm-hmm. um, of like tiptoeing around the tough stuff and mm-hmm. just love, a lot of softness and love. It's really helped me to like just just let it go. Just mm-hmm. say it. Just be like outward about like what I'm afraid of or, you know, what I'm frustrated about or, you know, whatever the problem is, just mm-hmm. like share it. Did you so feel powerful. like you were turning to alcohol and sort of spiraling because you weren't able to share growing up? Yeah. 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 I, I think a lot of it had to do with that. I always felt awkward in my body 
I think I'm just a very sort of airy, ethereal thing that's mm-hmm. kind of angry to be in a human mm. body. Yes. You need <laughs> to meet my friend crazy, Jordan but... Younger. Do you know Jordan Younger? <laughs> no. She goes by the Balanced Blonde. Oh, I've heard her podcast. You need to meet each other. Oh you guys gosh. have the exact same energy. Cool. It's amazing. Oh, like I she is it. airy oh, as shit. <laughs> like she's yeah. just flying all over the place. Mm. And your guys' eyes, like when I look in your eyes, it's very similar. Wow. It's like this very deep, like loving. Mm. It's just so different than, I mean, you two are so much alike. So oh, I'm going to make that happen. Oh, I'd love yeah, it. Yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. And I show. adore her podcast. Yes, so she's so good. I've heard a couple. She's been, um, oh, that's a whole nother tangent. But yeah, yeah, I'm excited. She's the reason I'm doing this. She cool. it basically gave me permission. Like she, I saw that she was doing it. I saw how authentic and raw and uh, open she was. Yeah. And I was like, I want to do that. And Jordan mm-hmm. does it and it makes it okay for me to do it. So I wow. totally get where you're coming from on that. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. It's so good, yeah. Anyways, airy and outside oh, of your body. God. Sorry to go on yeah, a tangent. No, no, no. <laughs> and and I, I haven't really grown since like um, seventh grade. I've been Me a tall- neither. Well, yes, I, I always <laughs> love it when I meet tall right? girls. Like I become friends with tall girls because yeah. I'm like, girl, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah, How I'll tell tall you. Five eight, but I mean, but in middle school, that's tall. It is. Very. They're taller than teachers. Yes. All the boys. Uh-huh. There's like one boy who was taller than me, and he was such a jerk. Oh, so, of course. I mean, it's like very tough, you know. It is. So I had like just a lot of self like consciousness mm-hmm. that you know you everyone I think gets that sort of injection of you know, self-awareness and awkwardness when they're in their adolescent Mm -hmm. hormonal everything. But for me, like um, being inward and having a family that didn't like ask me like, what's wrong? Mm. Or like, tell me, why are you, why do you want to be in your room? Or like, you know, just they gave me so much space that I just festered and I have a lot of pride. So it's another big thing that I, that's like a life challenge for Mm -hmm. me is just admitting like, that I don't know, mm. you know? Yeah. So like, it's such a freedom. And when I was forced to look at that and to take people's suggestions, even though I didn't understand what was going on necessarily, but I knew that like, it was good for me. I, and when I did that, I saw the results and then it built trust in that, mm. you know, asking for help is not bad. Mm-hmm. You have to, Yeah, it is necessary for success. Mm -hmm. I was just that way. There's this picture on my Instagram, actually. Um, It might be kind of deep, though. It's like a deep creep. But it's like my dad trying to help me with my homework. Mm. And um, I'm like eight. And I'm just like, you know, like, oh, I hate help. I hate, I just, you know, it's a thing. Mm -hmm. It's a thing for me. Yeah. When you went to rehab, did you Mm -hmm. ask people for help or did you go on your own? So when I went to rehab, my parents recognized the problem. I had taken a drug that made me crazy. Oh, I had taken man. ecstasy and it just really put me into a manic state, mm-hmm. which I think happens to some people. But mm-hmm. for me, I just just really messed up my brain. Mm-hmm. They recognized that there was a problem and they had been on to the whole thing for since high school, yeah. really. My mom had been going to Al-Anon since I was in high school, I think a senior in high school. And um, so she was like already, she had like all of her ammunition to intervene and like get me in rehab. Mm -hmm. And so they had like been aware. I thought 
no one knew that I was the way I was. But they had sort of a plan in place. And when they said, let's take you there, I was just in such a place of like outer space that I was like, okay. Like I didn't know where I was going really. Wow. I mean, it's it's miraculous that I'm sitting here unmedicated, not, you know, completely handicapped. Right. And unmedicated. You know, I'm just, it's a miracle that I was restored to health and like my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. How much does that experience still play a role in your daily life? I think about the past, you know, it's funny because I went through a period, I've been sober for almost 13 years now. Congratulations. Thank you. And I went through a period of just a lot of production in my career, you know, helping other people's part of it. So I was always, you know, relating to other people by telling stories from my past. Mm -hmm. And in that way, I was utilizing my past. It's not like it informs every decision I make. It's not like a fear-driven thing. It's more of a strength Mm -hmm. for me now because I know what difficulty and darkness and isolation feels like, and I've experienced it. So I know that on a subconscious level, when I'm now that I'm like focusing on it, it is a drive for me to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I always have a drive of self-care, especially since moving here because the city is really, it's a beast. It is. And the past three years have been a journey of understanding what I need in order to be my best self. And it's changed since I was in Florida, Mm -hmm. you know? It takes a lot more rest a lot more communicating with other people. You have to be way more intentional about making plans and holding friendships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just so so spread out and difficult here. But I think what it it does is that lifestyle that I led through my teens, it just gave me, when once I had my spiritual experience, which was really that just I'm not the center of the universe, mm. you know? Wow. And that everyone around me has lives. They're not just like extras in my movie. Like, you know, I was just so self-centered. It was just really, really crazy. You know, that kind of was this crazy shift in my perception of life when I went through that. And that was when I was maybe 21, I, mm. I had that. And it was really, it's a tangible moment that I had on the beach, I was like, I carried a gallon of uh, water home from the grocery store and just felt the weight of that one gallon. And I was sitting at the beach and I was just thinking about the, you know, just innumerable gallons in the ocean and just how huge that was. And then all of a sudden I became so small Mm. and it was such a powerful flip um, of perception for me that it just humbled me and made me feel relief in that, you know, I'm on a journey and we're all on a journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that coupled with some other really sage advice from my mentors that I'm, you know, we're all one, even though we're all under the, you know, impression that we're all on our own separate little journeys and we're living our separate little lives. We're all really on the same journey. Mm -hmm. Those things seeped in. It took a while, but 
it really seeped into me like deeply and it just became integral, you know, and Mm -hmm. by by the time I was probably 27, that's when I started making jewelry. Mm -hmm. And it was, I was just in a place where I could be free from just like the fear of going back to the old life. And I was really creating a new life. Mm -hmm. I was, because for a period of time in my early 20s, I was just really focusing on doing the right thing, being good, doing the right thing, not messing up, go to school, Mm -hmm. keep your job, be good at your job, you know, just very much in the moment, learning the moment, learning my responsibilities, growing up. Um, and then I got there, the world started to open up to me, just new possibilities like, oh, I am an artist. Oh, I love, you know, this and that. And, you know, my interests started to be more of a fuel mm-hmm. um, instead of just my interests, you know. And they took more of a driving seat, you know, yeah. driver's seat. Were, are you an introvert? I'm 50-50. Okay. I mean, technically, I'm 50-50. Like, the, the um, Myers-Briggs says I'm 50-50. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel? But though? I'll tell you, like, I, I think I'm mostly an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, I love getting out there mm-hmm. and having fun, but it's like a certain mode for me, yeah. and I do recharge when I'm alone. Yeah. Sometimes I want to hide. Mm-hmm. I'm in like a bathroom. 80% introvert, so I get that. Okay. Like I, and it's funny because I do things like this, and I, yeah. you know, hosted shows on TV forever, and people are like, "There's no way you could be an introvert," and I'm like, "It takes me three days after doing a show uh-huh. to recover by mm-hmm. myself because the energy at which you live when you're yeah. out and about is really high, and mm-hmm. people like us can't live there all the time. It's draining. Right. But I ask that because I'm curious. You say you you wanted to be the center of attention, that the world revolved around. You, yes. But then there's that introverted side of you. So yes. how how was that balancing in your in your body? Yeah. So that's very. It's a great question. So the funny thing about how it used to feel for me was I'd want I'd crave to be the center of attention, mm-hmm. and then I'd get it, and then I'd be like, <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> what did I want? <laughs> like, give me some alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I think what it is that I love is I love recognition for talent. Mm. So like if I'm shining in my talent, I love to be recognized for that. And I mean, who doesn't? Right. But I think I really actually, it's like food for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, have always liked to be a winner. All my sport life has always been like in solitary sports, individual sports with mm-hmm. horses or um, swimming. Even though you're on sort of a team, it was really my personal yeah. performance that I was always gauging. And my personal performance is really important to me inside my body mm-hmm. and inside my self-worth. Like I'm very much engaged with it's kind of a judgment mm-hmm. on myself mm-hmm. of like how I'm doing and what I think of myself. But the thing that I really need is like kind of to scale back on that judgment and get the the uh, validation mm-hmm. from people, from my peers and from my you know audience as an artist. Like that, nothing makes me happier as when I create something from my heart like in meditation, like I'm creating a necklace and I'm vibing with that necklace. And it's like 
all the numbers are right and it's symmetrical and I'm obsessed with it. And then someone sees it and they're like, this is amazing. Yeah. I want it. <laughs> like, and they need it, you know? And that is this sort of balance between mm-hmm. something that's, it comes from me and I believe in it and I put it out. And then someone is like, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's like, it feeds me. Totally. So that's sort of the thing. It's like a, out and then back in, mm-hmm. I think. Did you like yourself when you were younger? I did until I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And, then and then I what just, happened? And then I just started thinking about myself too much. Mm-hmm. I think I just got too focused on me. Was it, was it judgment of yourself or more awareness of the way you didn't fit in, which yeah. then caused more judgment? I think it was, um, well, we moved. Um, I was taken out of a neighborhood that was just this, I mean, it's like a Steven Spielberg, cool kids mm. neighborhood. Um, just ugh, the woods and the bikes and all the kids and it was safe and you know, we were there from, I was in this house from um, five years old to 10. So mm-hmm. through elementary school, same group, you know, group of kids. It was this tight knit thing. And my parents, my dad's business took off. We wanted a bigger house and they wanted to put us in private school from middle school on. So we moved and in sixth grade, um, when I was, you know, turning 10, I was just put into a brand new environment, brand new home, boring neighborhood, everything changed. I just went inside, Mm -hmm. you know. And the the kids at the new school is much smaller. They had all been together since, you know, kindergarten. So I was just like shooting up tall girl weed, Mm -hmm. early developer, you know. And also my style was like way different. They were all wearing collared shirts and just like, no makeup, and I was into like clear mascara, and I was like shaving my legs, and like, you know, it was just this whole different world mm-hmm. of conservative stuff. And I went inside, mm-hmm. and but luckily at the same time, I found horseback riding. That's good. And it, it really helped me. But that I think really, really helped me get over that. But as soon as I found um, in high school drinking and partying and stuff like that, that kind of took over what horses was doing for mm-hmm. me. And it became this quick fix um, to my feelings. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got lost in that for a few years. Well, so. and I imagine it sounds like we have so, sort of similar mindset throughout our childhood because it was about 10 where I did not like myself anymore. Wow. Um, but it seems like you turn to the partying and the, the alcohol, whatever, because you want the validation. You want mm. people to like you. I never had friends. And so I totally changed who I was because I was the one that I was really smart. I was super tall. Mm-hmm. I was you know, into all these sports. I was very good at them. Mm-hmm. Well, kids don't like that person because mm-hmm. they're like, you're annoying, go away. Mm-hmm. So I just like crumbled into a corner and I tried to be very mm-hmm. quiet so that people would like me. It seems like that was your mode of finding mm-hmm. Validation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The I found out that like as soon as I could inhibit all of that self talk, I was I could be funny, mm-hmm. I could dance, and I found other girls who were willing to be wild with me. Mm. You know, and we were exciting, mm. and we were risky. You know, and we would just like we just found that there's you know the clique of kids who 
all maybe are they're all fighting battles and that's why we're all doing it together mm-hmm. but we're all sort of validating feeding each other and like risk like let's go do this let's go do that whose parents are out of town mm-hmm. you know and it's an exciting thing i fell right into that they accept i mean the acceptance isn't that hard to find in a crew like that right so it was an easy route for me i took kind of the easy way out yeah in middle school, I found myself gravitating to like just, you know, one other friend or like I form a close relationship with another person mm-hmm. and really that I was very uncomfortable in groups. Mm. Very uncomfortable. When did Sounds you, so similar. yeah, when did you start liking yourself again? As soon as I was able to laugh, when I got sober, right, mm-hmm. when I was 20 and then very serious, <laughs> For a couple of years, just very uptight, serious, fear-based, trying to like just be good and grow up. As soon as I was able to like laugh and t- share stories with people, I started to like myself because I was being accepted for mm-hmm. who I was, mm-hmm. and I was sharing things that were like, well, when you're when you're you know in a group in a twelve-step group, that's part of you know what you're doing is you're you're identifying with each other and you're relating to each other. And as soon as I let something out that was like, you know, maybe with that, my old alumni from middle school, if I'd said it around them, Mm -hmm. they would have all been like, (gasps) yeah. But like this group of people just like bust out laughing. It like took all the power away from it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's applicable to, I think, anyone. Mm -hmm. It's not just like a 12-step thing to share yourself in an authentic way and to be met with like joy and lightness. Mm -hmm. It lifted me. Mm. And I started to just look at myself in less of a shame or um, less shame, I think. That would be Mm -hmm. the main thing was the shame of just messing up and not following the path of like what you're supposed to do through college and graduating by the time you're this age and blah, blah, blah. But it also, you know, it took years for me to really like myself, honestly. Like, I had to be single. I got into, like, a really silly relationship when I was 22 with this guy who was, like, 38. It's okay, I've been there. (laughs) He had a kid. I'm like, oh, I could totally be like, you know. And I'm like making myself into the stepmom. Oh, no. I'm like, who am I? No clue. Broke up with him, thank God. And I was single for over a year. And for like, I guess it was like 23 to 24 years old. I was all over like iTunes, just figuring out my music, what I loved. Um, I was exploring all of that. Um, I painted, I started painting. And I hadn't been creative mm. um, in in the in my healthy lifestyle yet at all. Wow. So painting and did some yoga and just getting back to my essence in my twenties, my middle twenties, and and not dating anyone mm-hmm. was so good for me. And I mean, it was at least a year of n- nothing, like no. Dating, no hookups, no like any sort of anything. I was just, it was like celibate, but I, I wasn't being like, I'm gonna be celibate. Right. It was just like, I just don't want anyone. 
you know. Mm -hmm. I wanted to love myself, I know that. And I got really comfortable with me. And, you know, being an introvert, I was cool with that too. Like, it was okay. Like, I wasn't lonely. (laughs) I know it's sad. The hermit life, I'm totally okay with. It's like, it's a problem. (laughs) I know, it gets kind of luxurious, actually. (laughs) Was there a pivotal moment where you forgave yourself? I think I'm still forgiving myself. Mm. That's interesting because that's a very good question. I think it's happening kind of now-ish where I'm really forgiving myself and really getting comfortable with being of spirit, Mm -hmm. you know? That the journey, that the most beauty of the journey is that dark stuff. And without that, I wouldn't know what's good Mm -hmm. and what's light. And so it's like the more I become willing to explore, for me, spirituality and a practice, I think I forgive and I let just let go. It's it's less about like, um, because the shame stuff really worked out pretty early on. I still have a couple things that I'm like, I'm like holding on to. And I'm gonna like get over it soon, I hope. But you know, they're like, I feel like everyone has their little battle. Mm -hmm. So there's like a couple little things that I'm like, well, I'm just gonna save these for later. (laughs) But the best thing for me and that my boyfriend even called me out on it is um, that anything I'm doing, if it's spiritual, I'm into it. Like for me, exercise now, if I'm, I can't just go work out in a room mm-hmm. or like in a class unless there's going to be meditation or, you know, my favorite workout is a hike mm-hmm. and it's meditative for me because I get answers, I get inspiration, I get ideas, things become clear mm-hmm. and I really need to connect to, to nature. Mm-hmm. It's so important. It reminds me of my horse days and that peace. And it's the solitude, I think. I recently found kundalini yoga. Okay, so I have been putting off kundalini because I am, speaking of fear, I'm scared of what can happen. Yeah. Because I've heard some stories. Mm -hmm. So kundalini's been on my radar. Okay. Um, It's very similar to you. Yeah. My very first mentor who taught me how to meditate She taught me a passage meditation method where it's 30 minutes and you memorize um, an uplifting prayer and you just recite it for 30 minutes. Super hard, Mm -hmm. super uncomfortable, but I knew it was good. She also gave me a mantra that I used in walking and in my, you know, busy work and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I would do that. Or if I was afraid, I would use that. And then we drifted away. Oh, going back to that crazy boyfriend, Mm. she was like, He's trash. And I was like, how dare you? You don't know me. And then I cut her off. Of and then I came crawling back like like two years later. Like, you know, and she had gotten into Kundalini. And um, of course, I apologized to her. She's like, yeah. I've been waiting for this phone call. Right. And, um, and I started house sitting for her. And but um, I always put her up on such a pedestal. Like, I'm like, okay, if she's doing Kundalini, it's probably little out of my league, mm. you know? I'm like, wow, that sounds kind of intense. So that just went over my head. That was like seven years ago. And then coming here, 
and having the space on Abbott Kenny, this girl, like in a daze, I'm telling you, drifted into my shop and was like, oh, you really, have you ever heard of, there's this other podcast, Elevate the Globe, yes. um, The Elevator. Mm-hmm. So I've never met those girls, but this girl did social media for them. Mm. And she was, um, I'm calling her a girl because she looked like she's a college age young woman um, with this like little like feminine voice. And she was just so blissed out. Mm. I was like, she's like, yeah, Kundalini. And I'm like, wow. She was like, you and this brand, you guys should align and like you guys could do something together. So I checked out their podcast and I learned a little bit more about Kundalini. And then I found this like little podcast like Crumb Trail and I ended up listening to Guru Jagat. And she was on Luke Story's Mm -hmm. podcast and they were having this conversation about the Aquarian age, right? And this, this philosophy of like what's going on on the planet. And like, I was completely enraptured with this conversation. Like, I was like, how have I not heard of this before? Mm -hmm. It's made my heart sing. Just everything that she was talking about, it felt so true in my heart. I didn't question any of it. Like, as far as, and as far as just a, a belief system of like, what the world has been through, what's happening now and maybe mm-hmm. where it's going or where we hope it will go, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, I'm going to check it out. And then Rama, it's like on Lincoln, I live five minutes from there, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, oh my gosh, this place, it's so amazing, again, to be in this city where like everything's kind of here. Mm-hmm. It's like so accessible. So I went <clears throat> and I stumbled into their um, five-year anniversary party and I had this experience of just a full-on emotional release. We barely did anything. She was mostly just like making jokes, um, talking during the class that they had. We did maybe like two meditation Kriya things. Mm-hmm. I was like sobbing uncontrollably and kind of giggling. It was Whoa. just this like, yeah. and I saw, I literally saw things like water coming down on these women and sitting in front of me down onto their heads, like just over their heads. I mean, and being someone who's played around with psychedelics, I was like, this is crazy. You're like, is there something in the air here? Yeah. Is there something in that popcorn that we like? But, uh, it was pretty intense, and I left there, but I left there not weirded out at mm-hmm. all. I, I left, like, you know, I was judging, you know, the clothing a little bit and the head th- the headscarf thing a little bit. Because they wear all white and a, yeah. and a scarf. And it's intense, right. and I was, like, kind of judging it. And But at the same time, I just had this, like, puppy energy. Like, I just felt just really joyful and, like, light and just carefree. Why and do you I, think that is? Like, <sighs> what is it about Kundalini? Energy. Yeah. I think it's just a, it's energy technology. I mean, I don't know how else to put it into words except that I feel, here's something. Okay, so when you're about to cry, like mm-hmm. for me at least, when I'm about to cry, I learned this in my family, like at a movie, right? And it could be a happy moment, it could be a sad moment, but I'm getting a really strong emotional response. I would, catch it right here mm-hmm. and just like choke it out, mm-hmm. you know, and just hold on to it. 
and then it would go back down, right? So my entire life, that's how I've handled, you know, beautiful releases, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like things. So it's just this like thing. So in Kundalini, what I found is like, when that comes up, they're telling you things. It helps. It's like, it's really like assisting your meditation. So Mm -hmm. you're like in a meditative state and they're like, and let, and they tell you now put the tongue on the roof of your mouth and let the energy go. And it's like, instead of grasping that ball of like, whatever that was in my chest, I sent it through my body. Mm. And that's kind of, I think, what it's supposed to do. Like, why do I feel like I have to hold it and then push it down? Mm -hmm. Why do I feel like I have to bottle that? And just the pure release and the the removal of a block, I think, Mm -hmm. or blockages. I mean, I'm so elementary in talking about this. No, it makes so much sense, though. I mean, that's the best way I can put it into words. And it would, I literally could feel these feelings like, like again, like a puppy, like, you know, when you're like a puppy, I imagine a golden retriever puppy because I grew up with golden <laughs> so retrievers. So did I. Oh, yeah. You're the best. I know. So um, just, you know, a puppy that's just been like, oh, I'm good. I've been so good. I've been so good. And then just like, wow, and just <laughs> tearing around a room and tearing in circles and just ecstatic energy and joy. That's what it felt like going all through my veins. Wow. And that is like better than any drug. Yeah. (laughs) And then you don't feel horrible afterwards. Yeah, and then afterwards, you know, it's like um, you get a little bit of like a workout and it's like you're engaged. It's almost kind of chiropractic Mm -hmm. and like you feel aligned and I'm into it. I've only been to four classes, but oh, so I can't it is say really new. So new. Okay. It's kind of weird cuz like with social media you can follow people. Mm-hmm. So like I can follow like Rama. Yeah. I feel like I know a lot of stuff that's going on, but like I don't the experience is so new. Mm-hmm. Okay, so interested. I want to go with you then. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. I've been like putting this off. Oh my but gosh, now I'm that you so brought excited. it up, I'm so glad. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. That'll be cool. That'll be I really mean, fun. it's just really got to keep an open mind. I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I guess I'm going to wrap my head because I felt, you know, they say that be, to keep the energy in your head. Oh, okay. Because it would come out of your 10th gate, mm-hmm. um, I think is what they're, saying and I honestly did feel kind of blue this week like mm-hmm. just a lot of energy yeah kind of not focused and like honed in I know you're you're airy um I don't think I'm airy at all but I have wanted to escape my body like my mm-hmm. whole life so I'm constantly I feel like I'm constantly like pushing through my head like mm-hmm. trying to get out try to get out try to get out and I wonder if you feel that being airy, like you're trying to escape because you said you don't like necessarily being yes. in a human body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's really easy for me to space out. It's always been easy for me to just be like, <laughs> not in my body. I feel like um, when I stretch in yoga, like just in a forward bend, mm-hmm. right here mm-hmm. and right here, that's where I hold all my tension. Mm-hmm. And I think... It has something to do with that being in your body, going out of your body. You know, that's a place where I 
have a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think that's just, yeah. Escaping my body now, I think what it's turned into is instead of escaping it, I try to make it feel good. Mm. I'm just like so focused. And also being creative and, you know, being sober. Life happens, you know, and it gets stressful. And I, I have like three big projects and I'm actually physically driving a lot and running around with scheduling and all this stuff to maintain creativity and to maintain like respect for my essence and to let myself be airy. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of self-care. And um, I've gotten really into like, Not really biohacking, but like supplementing and just really eating very, very clean, less sugar, better healthy fats. I don't restrict my diet. Like I said, like sidecars downstairs. Yeah. It's kind of a problem. They have gluten-free like raspberry donut. Really? so good. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've been really trying to not eat that much sugar in one sitting, Mm -hmm. but because I feel things mm-hmm. much cle- more clearly. Yeah. yeah. So like um, just trying to treat myself the right way and get enough rest and make my, bad, my body happy mm-hmm. in its um, nutrition. And I really feel like kundalini too is nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like it really, that sort of exercise is just really resonant for me. I've always looked for something that because I'm very philosophical. I'm a Sagittarius. Me too. Oh, really? God. I knew Girl. I was meant to be around you. When's your birthday? Ooh, November 28th. And December 10th. Oh, cool. I've, I told my boyfriend this the other day. I've never met a Sagittarius I don't like. Oh, me too. It's all so my friends, weird. All my friends, Libras and Sagittarians and Aquarians. So funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so we have so much fun. Yeah. Why are we tall? I don't know. I feel like there are a lot I of I mean, tall my dad's 6'6", so. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm taller than both my parents. I think are I got you? my grandparents' uh, genes. It's kind of funny. So I'm like, you guys. That's so funny. But um, mm-hmm. how do you manage your self-care daily? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. And, so. and I was at your place. Everything's very clean, non-toxic, which yes. is super important to me as well. So I was like, yes, this girl gets mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. So um I've had my body manifest some pretty crazy things um, in reaction, I think, to toxins in the environment, mm-hmm. toxins in my daily routine. Being women, you know, we're, we're using a lot of products. Mm-hmm. We're programmed into makeup. We're programmed into hair care. We're programmed into body care. I love all that stuff. And it really does kind of make me feel like myself mm-hmm. to use things on my body and to like put on some sort of a thing on my face, you know, whether it's just a little bit or something, it really does make me feel whole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's so weird, but it does. And, but, um, so basically I've had, I formed an allergy to deodorant. Mm. Um, just your classic. Yeah. I mean, I tried switching brands like four times, even like Dove or any of that, the stuff that's supposed to be gentle, supposed to be hypoallergenic, supposed to be unscented, all of that. I literally had a rash under my armpits and my lymph node this big. That's from the baking soda. Really? Yes. Wow. Because I have the same allergy. Really? Mm -hmm. 
You should try this stuff. It's Kaya, K-A-I-A, okay. Naturals. Okay. And they don't have baking soda. Because even all the non-toxic yeah. brands all use baking soda. Because yeah. it's fine for most people and mm-hmm. it's not bad for you. This one doesn't have baking soda. I've been fine. Oh my gosh. Yep. I'll try that. Because that's miserable. That rash is like disgusting. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. And then um, just um, having allergies my whole life mm-hmm. and um, being on antibiotics, literally, okay, this year is the first year that I decided no matter what, I'm not taking an antibiotic. Wow. Okay. Unless it, I'm going to die. Right. You know? But I'm not going. No matter how many people adults tell me to go or who in charge tells me to go, I'm not going to do it, you know, because it's a minor infection and I'm going to clear it. Right. And I um, get sick here every May and June. It's just my allergies. Mm -hmm. I've been on antibiotics every year of my life since birth. That's 30, 32 years, not counting this year. Yeah. That's, a, that's kind of mind-blowing, it you know, is. what it would do to a gut, what it does. You know, I've always had um, imbalanced skin. I don't have many food allergies. I've been tested. I know what I'm allergic to yeah. for the most part. I don't have the gluten or the dairy or the egg or any of that, but I know that if I eat a lot of histamine-producing mm-hmm. things that are just kind of histamine-raising, it'll make me feel bad. So... Waking up, feeling hungover in mm. the morning. Um, these are like impetuses that have sort of gotten me into like really taking care of myself and cleaning up my beauty. And just thinking about all the things on a label that I, I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. you know, and going on like ewg.org yep. and testing out like just going and reading the labels mm-hmm. and then going and looking up those ingredients and what that means. And, um, Finding out that products are mostly water, water binding agents, preservatives, and supporting like slip agents and um, like silicones and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I'm paying so much money for some really cheap like shit. Yeah. You know, getting into products that are more bang for my buck, which are more natural, mm-hmm. you know, that have really beefy, beautiful ingredient labels yeah, with like- that you can maybe, actually read. <laughs> yeah, with like maybe one food grade preservative at the bottom or yeah. something. I just felt like, you know, I just can't afford to keep doing stuff that's going to hurt me. Like, mm-hmm. And I actually ran into a masterclass on Instagram at the detox market Mm. um, with Josh Rosebrook. Oh, nice. So it was like a total self-care, like whimsy moment. I was like, I've never tried his line. I don't know anything about him, but it's this thing and I've never done a masterclass, so I'm going to go do it. Why not? So I went and learned so much and he's such a generous man and got into his line and I always thought that I can't use oil-based products on my skin. Right, yes. Oil is the best. Oil's everything. (laughs) It's all oil. My skin's never looked better. I've never been more hydrated. Yep. You know? And so, like, just these huge paradigm shifts for me, like that, and um, getting better water, you know, drinking only, you know, stopping, cutting down on the crinkly plastic bottle Mm -hmm. stuff, and really only doing like super pure or alkaline or oxygenated. And now I'm interested in live water, 
Like, oh yeah, I heard this, about that. Yeah, so right now I'm doing like Beyond O2 water mm-hmm. from Santa Monica here, um, and I love it. Um, but there's that next level water straight mm-hmm. from Oregon, so I don't know. I'm gonna try that. But I'm just into like whatever's gonna make me feel better in my yeah. body. I'm going to like invest in that because we only have one mm-hmm. and I want to enjoy being in it. Yep. I don't want to escape it. No. So I've been cleaning up everything. Um, my makeup is um, like, I like it beauty cosmetics. Oh, I haven't used their stuff um, yet. If you look at the ingredients, it's like a lot of organics mm-hmm. and then just very few little things that, that I don't think it's really toxic mm-hmm. and also juice beauty. Yeah. So it's very fun. It's fun to make over. I've always mm-hmm. loved transformations and totally. stuff. So like the making over myself and making over my cabinet and everything has been really fun. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. So before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about your store and yeah. all, your whole line. Um, so it's Starry Crown. Starry right? Crown. And so people can find you on Abbott Kinney. Yes. And it's all of your stuff in there. Do you just so, carry yeah. your stuff? Amazing. Yeah, it's just my brand. I've branded the room. You walk in, it feels like you're in another place. It's really fun. It's like so personal. It's such a passion. And I just love having the audience. So mm-hmm. anyone, if you're in Venice, pop by. If my sandwich board's outside, that means I'm there. Um, <laughs> it's a big poster. It's just like... Full of magic and made in Venice. I love that. (laughs) So I have it through the end of this year. Amazing. And then I'll be in Venice. I have my loft and I'll be doing events there. Cool. And I have some other things that I'm doing this upcoming year between uh, creativity and expanding on the jewelry, getting into possibly some self-care products. Yes. I'm doing a... Yes, yes. I'm doing a foraging and wild crafting apprenticeship next year. So cool. With a woman who's incredible. So I'm very excited. Where is that? That is here in Santa Monica. Oh, how amazing. Yes. yes. And I met her on meetup.com. She does a plant ID walk and um, just getting to know her, just getting to know the whole thing. But I've always been very into nature and, and found a lot of spirit in nature. And this whole clean beauty and because I don't want to give up all of my rituals, you know, Mm -hmm. I just want to make them healthy. Mm -hmm. So, and just, I'm just interested. I'm just interested. So I'm going to follow it. You know, I'm going to follow that. You have to keep me updated so I can tell everyone about it and try everything. Yeah. We'll see what happens with it. I'm very excited. But the jewelry through the end of the year, okay. have it, Kenny. I'm also online at mystarrycrown.com okay. and on Instagram at starrycrown. So I'm very responsive on Instagram. Good girl. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here Thank and you for being for so honest. Me. I love having conversations oh, yeah. like this. You're so wonderful. Totally kind. Yes. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for joining Carolina and me today. How amazing is she? Again, to connect with her, go to Starry Crown on Instagram. In just a few days, I'll have another inspirational conversation for you here on the Platform Podcast. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at This Is The Platform or my website with tons of resources at thisistheplatform.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review as this is a new show and I want to share it with as many new friends as possible. See you soon and thanks for listening to the Platform Podcast.